What do I want from Xbox in 2024? Well, there's a couple of ways to answer that question. Obviously, I want games, but I also want to hear from some other games that we haven't seen or heard from in a while. But I also want quality to be prized over cadence of just getting games to Game Pass. And I'm very interested to see what role Activision Blizzard games will play in 2024. They've got a lot of IP at their disposal, both past and present. And there's obviously the potential of new game announcements as well from ABK. So before we get deep into 2024, I wanted to outline all the things I would like to see from Xbox in the new year. Now, I put all of the good information right here at the beginning of the video. It's a longer video. It's a live stream. So you might be wondering why it's so long. Well, you want to be here for those live discussions, but I open with a monologue with all of my thoughts, and then I discuss it with the live audience. So be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss out on my content. When it comes to Xbox in 2024, I want a handful of things. Some are games that we know are coming, some are games that we haven't heard from in a while, but I also want to see more consistency with quality in the games that release. And I would also like to see what Activision Blizzard will bring to the table of not just Game Pass, but future releases as well. Xbox has a mountain of games and an enormous catalog to tap into, and it could certainly come in a variety of ways. So first, I want to talk about the games. I have a list of games that are coming in 2024, sort of my top five that I'm looking forward to, but I also have a list of games that we haven't seen in a long time. And that's okay. I am fully in support of shorter marketing cycles, but I would suspect that some of these games are going to start poking their head out from a marketing perspective. The second thing I want to talk about is quality over cadence. I have my own thoughts about how that played out in 2023, and I think going forward, Xbox has no excuse for games coming out in rough shape or missing features. They simply owned too much property now. That just cannot be a problem going forward. And I want to talk about the two games that I am concerned about the most. Lastly, I want to ask this question. What about ABK? Activision Blizzard games will likely play a huge role going forward for Xbox. And the question is, what will that look like and when? Adding the backlog catalog to Game Pass, I think is a pretty easy prediction. But how will they roll out? And what about all their other potential new titles that could be coming? We know there's a new Call of Duty, but what else? So up first, the most important thing, games, all right? So the first thing, and I think I, I'm going to keep stressing this. I already covered this once. The first game that I'm really looking forward to and is probably my most anticipated game of 2024 with maybe a close second or a tie with Star Wars Outlaws, but I have been waiting for and anticipating Hellblade 2 for a very, very long time. I've played through the first game anywhere from three to four times. I have close to 40 hours on Steam with the first Hellblade, and I've loved everything they have shown for Hellblade 2. Recently, I kind of went on the defensive when this gameplay trailer you're looking at right now at the Game Awards was being criticized. Folks were claiming it didn't look good or that they were hiding bad graphics. Now, I will fully admit my bias when it comes to this game, but I continue to think that if this was a multi-plat game, the level of scrutiny and criticism would not be as high. So I really hope that Ninja Theory has been given all the time that they need. I would really like to see this land in the fourth quarter to ensure they have the most time to get their game ready and to get their game out. The second game that looks very promising for Xbox is Stalker 2, and I am fully in the corner of the devs on this project. Delaying the game is completely acceptable, and I hope it has enough time to get into a really great spot and get ready for prime time, because it looks really good, and it's a very solid win for Xbox, especially if it lands in a graphically impressive and solid performance state on the Series X. 
Between this and Hellblade 2, the Series X could be a late bloomer in the next-gen graphics showcase race. Now, that's just Stalker 2, and that's just Hellblade 2. There are other games coming as well. And the third game that I'm looking forward to, I will admit, I actually have some concerns about. It is Avowed. I think the gameplay looks like it has potential, like it could be fun. But the more I've watched the gameplay trailer, the more rough that it looks. And that doesn't mean anything, because this could be an early build. This could be early vertical slices or technical tests or what have you. But given their own admission about how much this game has changed while in development, it's just a cause for concern. The art style dramatically changed, and they canceled co-op. I can't help but feel that that's an all-too-familiar thing with Xbox games as of late. Graphical degradation and feature removal. Forza Motorsport being the most recent example of this. So I hope the reasons that they gave in the mini-documentary were genuine, and that the game is headed for a very quality release. Because currently, I'm seeing a lot of the hallmark red flags of something that is worryingly familiar. Now, the fourth game I'm looking forward to from Xbox, you might not have heard of, or maybe you skipped over this one, but I think it looks fantastic. This one is called Towerborn. The art style and the gameplay for this game just looks great, and it looks like the perfect couch co-op game for me and my wife, or maybe even my whole family because you can play with up to four players. It's an action-adventure side-scroller with a really cool 3D take on the environment, the way it sometimes moves around, and you can play with four players, or you can play it solo. And I just think it looks great. Games like this can make for a great value injection for Game Pass. Hey man, get Game Pass this game. It's really fun. We can play together. I keep telling folks to play RoboQuest on Game Pass. It's also a really cool art-style game. It's very creative. It's a rogue, and you can play with one other person. Games like that are perfect for Game Pass. And speaking of games that are perfect to play for other people, I'm really looking forward to seeing 33 Immortals. Now, this is an interesting game because this is from Thunder Lotus. Now, this is the team behind Sundered, Spiritfarer, and Jotun. I always recommend Sundered to people who enjoy platformers and Metroidvania games. It has a wonderful hand-drawn art style and really, really good boss fights. Now, 33 Immortals brings a very similar vibe and art style. It's very much a Thunder Lotus game, but it's a top-down co-op action roguelike for up to 33 players. Yes, you did not mishear me. Now, I went to the website to see how is this going to work. Well, it's always co-op. It says, jumpstart your rebellion, dive straight into epic co-op battles with instant matchmaking, fight through a lean, mean distillation of MMO of the MMO raid experience. So they're going for an MMO raid experience in this venue of like the top down and with 33 other people, right? Now, given that it's a roguelike, I was curious, how are you going to handle disconnects? How are you going to handle if people die? But it sounds like your team will naturally be dwindling the further you get. When they talked about the 33-player co-op, they said the following. Find true strength in numbers, optimize your skills and tactics to bolster your 33-player team, and tip the odds in your favor through powerful cooperative moves. Sustain your numbers as best you can, for only the strongest group of survivors stand a fighting chance in brutal boss battles. So clearly there's going to be this sort of goal of keeping as many people alive as long as possible. I think this is a great and unique take on the genre from a team that has shown great promise and creativity in other game types. So those, that's the five games. Those are five confirmed games coming in 2024. Those are Xbox first party exclusives. Now, currently we have no hard release dates for any of these games. Keep in mind, I'm recording this and streaming this live on December the 28th of 2023. So if you're like, hey, we have release dates now. Remember, I said this in December 
you know, of 2023, which is interesting. We're almost into 2024, and we don't have a single release date for any of these games. Now, that could quickly change if they do another developer direct in January. And that went so well for them last year, I would not be surprised if we get another one. And with Game Pass, Shadow Drops are a really easy win. Maybe one of those five games just drops instantly at the developer direct if they decide to do another one. But I also have five games that we have not heard much about. And I would love to see them show up in 2024 with respect to marketing and gameplay. I don't really have any trailers to show you because we don't have much on these games right now. Now, I don't expect any of these games to launch in 2024. Let me stress that. I'm not mentioning these games because I think they're going to launch in 2024. But I really feel like we're going to see these games potentially show up from marketing. Now, some people are putting these games on their 2024 list. I'm seeing people put down Fable. Fable is not coming in 2024 for as far as we can tell. It is not even close to launching, okay? maybe they surprise us I have my doubts that that's even possible given you know how long the game has been in development I don't think it's coming in 2024 and if you want that game to be good let them cook let them take as much time as they need now the first game that I'm anticipating finally maybe hearing about or seeing something about is any kind of an update from the coalition about gears I think would be a welcome thing With Gears collection rumors sort of floating out there, will they finally come true? Now, I suspect if, in fact, the Gears collection or remaster or whatever it is, if it's real, I think they're going to start that marketing and push that out at the same time as the next Gears game marketing cycle. Kind of get everybody excited about Gears, rejuvenate, get everybody playing it again, and then start that marketing cycle of the next game. Now, it will be four years since they announced that they were going nose down to switch to Unreal 5, and it's been three years since they showcased their Unreal demo with the Cavern cinematic. It's amazing. You gotta go watch it if you haven't seen it. But it's been three years since they showed that demo. So, it may be time for the team to come up for air and start talking. Now, the second game that I see on lists about showing up in in 2024, I don't know why people are doing this, but Indiana Jones. Now, it was early 2021 when the game was first announced. So three years later could be a really good time to start ramping up the marketing of the game. If it's a four to five year dev cycle, they could start marketing it in 2024 and then maybe it lands in 2025 i don't this again is one i do not think is coming in 2024 i don't know why people are putting indiana jones on their lists for 2024 i remember when people were insisting that hellblade was coming in 2023 i think some of y'all just need to stop doing that stop insisting games are coming when you have absolutely no indication or dates that they're coming you're just setting yourself and others up for disappointment all right the third game that i would like to hear more about is clockwork revolution I saw this on a couple of lists as well, and I don't know why. I do not think this game is coming in 2024. We've only got sort of the announcement cinematic trailer. That typically means the game is, you know, not quite ready to be showcased yet. And then once they showcase games, they're usually a year, sometimes two years away. Now, with obvious inspiration from Bioshock, I think this game is being, you know, made by... A team that must have loved Bioshock, right? It's being made by In Exile. Now, they've made games like Wasteland and the Bard's Tale Trilogy. So this one looks like a new territory, you know, venture for them. And I think it looks like a very promising title. And it may be time for us to see a little bit of gameplay since we haven't seen anything other than the announcement trailer up to this point. The fourth game we have not seen in a while, but I think is, I would hope is ready to talk by now, would be State of Decay 3. The announcement trailer showcased at the Xbox Showcase in 2020. So four years of silence seems like long enough time for them to, you know, start marketing. Again, one of my main concerns for games that showed graphically strong trailers that early in the next-gen cycle is that they're running into problems with the Series S, or they're not able to deliver on what they showcase. I think maybe they just showed too early. 
So we'll have to wait and see what's happening with State of Decay 3, or if it's just going to stay out of the frame for one more year. The last game that I would like an update on is the Perfect Dark reboot from the Initiative and Crystal Dynamics. But the game has gone through some rough patches. It was reported that about half the dev team left in 2021. That was only two years ago. That's when Crystal Dynamics was tapped to come in and help. There were also rumors that the game has been completely rebooted. So it's unlikely that we hear anything. I just want to keep this game on the list. Like, don't forget about Perfect Dark. It's going to be like four years since they announced it so again it could be time to to poke its head out i think the thing that xbox needs to be careful with is stop showing things too early like they did with forza motorsport that's one of the concerns i have with hellblade 2 it's one of the concerns i have with state of decay 3 they're showing these things so early and then when they finally show up it's either been too long or it doesn't look like what they promised that's a concern they don't need to do that so when i'm mentioning these games it's just like hey it'd be great to hear something about these games you know in the near future and each year we hear nothing is i think a reason to stop announcing projects and games so early the longer you have to go being silent after an announcement trailer is i think just a good sign to be like stop announcing things five, six, or seven years before people are even going to be able to touch them. And I think more and more companies are switching to that style of marketing. So if we get a developer direct in January to set the stage for the year and all the games that are launching in 2023... I think that could be really good. Maybe the Xbox Showcase could then bring the heat in the summer and, hey, we've got bigger games coming and start sort of creating that rolling announcement calendar feel where there's always something coming and always an announcement to be made. But given how much property they can talk about, how much they can announce and showcase and launch, I want to talk about the other aspect of Xbox in 2024 and what I want from Xbox in 2024. I want quality over cadence. And I'm going to continue to look to Phil Spencer when it comes to this subject. He was the one that sort of put out the idea that they want to have a big game per quarter at quality. And I'm going to keep stressing the at quality part. Recently, he told Famitsu the following, over the next two to three years, we plan to release a first party blockbuster or highly anticipated title roughly every three months. And then in the famous sort of kind of funny interview that he did, he said that his focus was to quote, how do we get a big game out every quarter at quality? Again, at quality is the most important part. Now, Disney wanted a new Star Wars game every six months, and it is clear that Jedi Survivor launched before it was ready, which is a shame because it's one of the best games of 2023 in my opinion, but it still had a bad score and still has a bad score on PC and it it lacked a strong presence at the Game Awards. I can't help but think it's because it launched in such a rough state. In my estimation, the cadence of 2023 was there for Xbox. Xbox had a first-party game every quarter, but the quality was not there. The best-reviewed game from Xbox in 2023 is Hi-Fi Rush, and deservedly so. Now, I'm talking about reviews from the users, right? The people who actually bought the game, played the game. If you look at Steam, if you look at Xbox, Hi-Fi Rush did incredible. Redfall was a disaster. Starfield's score continues to fall, and the Forza Motorsport score is very poor on both Xbox and Steam. So when I say the quality wasn't there, the consumer reception agrees with that assessment. Forza Motorsport looks nothing like was promised graphically. It lacks features, and they had to cancel other features. Redfall slowly has tried to improve, but in my estimation, the core of that game is just too poor to build upon to make a game of high quality. And Bethesda's commitment to Starfield is admirable. They're going to be doing updates every six weeks in 2024 but again 
I question if just too much is too much is just baked into the crust of the game to keep it from pulling up from the consumer score nosedive that it's experiencing. And the two titles I am the most concerned about is Hellblade 2 and Avowed. Hellblade 2 because of how invested I am in the first game and subsequently the sequel, and Avowed because of the previous mentioned red flags with the art style change that sort of looks like a graphical downgrade and the removal of co-op. Because in the wake of the Activision Blizzard acquisition, I've said this many times, Xbox now has no excuse. You now own more property in games than any platform on the market. So pushing games out before they are ready is inexcusable. It already is inexcusable. Many devs and publishers continue to do it, but it would seem completely unnecessary when you have such a vast catalog and a list of studios that you can lean on. Which leads to my final question. What role does Activision Blizzard play in 2024? Generally speaking, this breaks down into two categories, the existing catalog and new titles. It's not that I'm, you know, saying that this is a bad thing, but I'm not really interested in a bunch of old games from Activision Blizzard hitting Game Pass, okay? That's going to be a big value add for a lot of Game Pass subscribers. I am more interested on how will new games function going forward? Will the new Call of Duty be day and date on Game Pass? Will it be maybe a slower process of four games of that size? What about the rest of the ABK property? Will there be things in Diablo 4 just for Xbox owners or just for Game Pass subscribers? And what about new games? What about new IP? Activision Blizzard could be leveraged in a variety of ways. I don't have a list of hopes and wants. I'm just more curious about how Xbox approaches the ability to flood their platform and subservice with games because they own a lot of them now. And that's pretty much it for my thoughts of 2024 and Xbox. Five titles that I think really look good. Five titles we haven't heard from in a while, as well as what does Activision Blizzard plan to do. Now, I already did a video about Starfield in 2024, but it does deserve a little mention here as well at the end. They could really put that game on a redemption arc after the score fell so low over the holidays in 2023, and that's just one more way to make Game Pass appealing. Fundamentally, as I said on the outset, I want games, game announcements, but I want quality to matter more than cadence. But... That's just what I think. What do you think? So let me give you my thoughts and my conclusion on this one. A lot of people saw 2023 as the turnaround year for Xbox after the first two years of the new gen didn't really land in a strong or consistent spot. But I honestly did not feel that 2023 was much of an improvement. Launching games is not all that matters. Launching games that are of high quality and are well received by the consumer, that's what matters. The hardware divide between Xbox and PlayStation grew larger this year than I anticipated. Going into 2023, I said, look, I think the 2 to 1 ratio is becoming a reality. And I was told there was no way. We were told that, you know, Xbox was going to catch up with PlayStation this year. It went well beyond 2 to 1, right? It's nearing 3 to 1 or may have already achieved that. And at some level, that does not seem like a hindrance at all for the plan that Xbox has going forward. But I can't pretend like the entire focus and emphasis hasn't completely changed. I just can't do that. That doesn't feel honest. Will games like Hellblade 2 and Stalker 2 put Xbox back into a position to talk about power and performance? Are bigger titles that have gone quiet, are they struggling with the Series S? Why are we not hearing anything from these studios? It's been three and four years. Another year of silence will, I think, be maybe a cause for concern. Only time will tell. Now the second thing I want to say is the lineup of the five confirmed games I actually think already looks stronger for 2024 
than 2023, at least in my opinion. Redfall never looked that interesting to me, and Forza Motorsport is a genre I don't touch. I don't really touch racing games. So I already think the games I showed you, Hellblade 2, Stalker 2, Avowed, Towerborn, and 33 Immortals, I think those games are way more interesting. They're way more up my alley. They look more creative and, and more exciting. They're more the type of games that I would enjoy. But we still don't have release dates, which could be exciting for the next event. If the developer direct lands in January, that's awesome. If you just slam out a bunch of release dates. Or it could be another shaky schedule like all of the games that didn't land or maybe didn't even land inside of 2023. There was a lot of promises made at the showcase of 2022 and most of 2023 did not make good on those promises. My hope is that Xbox is simply avoiding what happened at the 2022 showcase. They don't want to give dates. They don't want to give windows. They're going to announce release dates a lot closer to the release of games so you don't have to announce delays. Both Starfield and Forza Motorsport sort of quietly announced their delays. They were supposed to land in the first half of 2023, along with a whole host of other titles, some of which didn't even release in this year. So they may be just completely avoiding that altogether. I actually celebrate that. I think more companies should start taking that approach. Don't give a release date until you're within like the year that the game is going to come out so you avoid all of the stuff that we went through in the last couple of years. My conclusion is this. In some ways, this feels like the last chance for Xbox for me personally as a gamer. If Hellblade 2 launches and it's not ready, if there's a bunch of graphical problems and clear sacrifices that were made or it just doesn't run all that well, if it feels like it's been rushed to market, I have only one place to put the blame and that would be on xbox it would be another title pushed out well before it's ready because they're prioritizing cadence over game quality now if 2023 was the last reverberation of 2020 and 2021 and games struggling to get to the market then good that means that greener pastures await but if 2023 is the level of quality i can expect from xbox going forward i don't think their games will garner much attention for me the larger gaming public or even the Game Awards. But that's just what I think. Now it's time to hear what you think. That is the show open. Welcome in. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Would love to hear what you guys are thinking, what you're looking forward to in 2024 from Xbox. You know, if the five titles I put up there, if any of those were sort of maybe not on your radar, uh, I really actually think Towerborn and 33 Immortals are the for me at least, they're like the sleeper hits like those are the kind of games I think that can just be so so fun and so so creative I'm really interested to see how 33 Immortals plays out with you know sort of creating their own version of MMO rating in a 33 player environment that's kind of like top down now I do have somebody to thank here Sorcerer of Havoc getting us started very very early today with the first gifted member of the day Han shot first and so did you thank you so much Sorcerer of Havoc. We're about 100 members away from the 3,000 goal to end the year. So if you guys want to push that strong today, we'll try to do some kind of New Year's celebration with you if we can hit that uh, that goal before the end of the year. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I'm not sure if, if Nightbot's been kind of weird lately. Like the coffee command, uh, Nightbot says check the red dot, but now he's not responding to the coffee command. If you guys are wanting to get the coffee you can go to reforgeroast.com i just see that heavy metal mama put the command in and nightbot's not responding we had that issue uh yesterday i believe yeah chat set to the right settings like anybody uh anybody can talk um there's a tweet saying sony confirmed seller blade is uh coming 
in 2024. Oh, okay. Well, we will include that. Uh, we will include that in our coverage when we talk about what I want to see from PlayStation. That'll probably be tomorrow's show, unless an insane thing happens today that needs to be covered uh, tomorrow. Uh, now's the last time for Xbox. The last 10 years it didn't show you anything. Well, I'm always in support of a turnaround. I'm always in support of a turnaround. I think just looking at these five games alone, all right, you've got Hellblade 2 and Stalker 2. Those can be like graphical powerhouses. They can showcase Series X power, okay? Then you got Avowed. Avowed can be more of the arcadish adventure, just fun RPG style game. It's not a graphically strong game, but it could be a very strong offering from Obsidian. Then you have Towerborn and 33 Immortals, more of the indie style game, more of the just the fun, good quality add to Game Pass. I think it's a real eclectic, very good piece of variety for for Game Pass. Now, now listen, fair is fair. If I'm going to sit here and give credit for lesser games or not as well-known games for Xbox, I'm going to do the same thing for PlayStation. I think it's great when different styles of games show up, you know, more indie-style games show up. I think that's great. I think that's better for us. We, we can't always get AAA blockbusters. And MASH comes in with 10 members and says, we can hit 3,000 members before the end of the year, no problem. And he drops a 10-bomb on chat to start the day. Thank you so much, MASH. Eugene says, Xbox owns IP I'm interested in. There's always hope they figure it out. Doesn't mean I'm expecting it. Yeah, like, I'm fully in support of them leveraging ABK, of them of them having these types of more unique titles launch that, that are able to, you know, bring the heat. The question is, how many people see that tweet and are reading versus just staring? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um... Hang on. Solemn says, there is no uh, definition or general consensus of the term at quality. It appears there is still a focus on cadence in the same sentence, which is likely still the focus. And also, what quality do they mean? For sure. For sure, Solemn. Like, if they're okay with basically saying every quarter we want a big AAA game to land and these, and we're looking for 7 out of 10 games, I'm like, ah, oh, come on, dude. I don't want Hellblade 2 or Stalker 2 to be considered a 7 out of 10 game like that's that's uh, that's not that's not what I'm looking for and th- I, I guess that's a well made point like their their interpretation of quote unquote at quality could be very different than mine at the very least at the very least things should not be launching in the state that Redfall and Forza Motorsport launched that's not at quality we could have a debate about Starfield. No question in my mind, Hi-Fi Rush is the winner for them this year. And it, sadly, its completion percentage and its popularity on the platform are are not as strong as the review score. It's like, come on, people. This is a great game. My daughter loved it. It's got an amazing score on Steam. Like, Hi-Fi Rush is the winner. I don't really care to talk about whether or not Starfield launched at quality because a lot of that's going to be subjective to what people think is good or bad about Starfield. But both Redfall and Forza Motorsport had measurable problems. This is not a matter of opinion, right? They had measurable problems, missing features, games that were just clearly not ready for launch. Like, I don't think you can describe that as at quality. If you want to say that, you know, well, no, I think this game launched at quality. You just didn't like it. Okay, fine. That's... 
that's open for debate. But if like Hellblade 2 drops and it has performance issues and it doesn't look very good and there's clear graphical problems and struggles and you know if Digital Foundry does a breakdown and is like, yeah, they they clearly made a lot of sacrifices here. That's not at quality. That clearly is a game that's that's you know kind of gone through the ringer or if it launches and it's just clearly too early. Like it's like, "Oh no, this this thing wasn't ready to come out." I that's my issue is that Quality can be measured objectively when it comes to bugs, glitches, lack of polish, performance issues, performance problems, whether it's a frame rate issue or, you know, maybe lighting and texture methodologies that they use and it just ends up looking muddy and bad. The only game of quality that Xbox got this year was High by Rush. What about Killer Instinct? They need to beat him up. I mean, they have a lot of property that they could just suddenly pull out and surprise people with. Joker Quinn with a gifted membership. Thank you so much, Joker Quinn. Taking us to 12 members on the day. Already halfway to the 25 goal. Every 25, I give five. We're about 100 away. 100 members away from the 3,000 goal. You guys are incredible. Unfortunately, 7 out of 10 could be their their, uh, view or meaning of at quality, says Solemn. Hopefully, that's not the case. Even I would defend them on that. The semantics game is just all negatives on on that isn't worth defense. I'm not sure what you mean the semantics game uh, on that. Killer Instinct should have had a sequel two years ago. Um, It's really funny how you judge Xbox game being glitchy when Spider-Man 2 launched in a very glitchy mess. I think that's that's something that can be disproven objectively. Spider-Man had glitches. It wasn't a glitchy mess. There was I, I didn't have any game-breaking glitches. I didn't have any of the glitches I saw people promoting. There were also people promoting fake glitches. There were people that were absolutely po- posting fake footage. The one guy went to the edge of a building, and he was pushing the wrong button to make it look like he couldn't jump off the building. There was a lot of falsehood out there about Spider-Man 2. It had glitches, yes. It was nowhere nearly as bad as what we have seen in... Forza Motorsport or Redfall. You can look at the user review scores for proof of this. People don't give games that are glitchy messes good scores. You can look at The Last of Us PC port. You can look at Jedi Survivor on Steam. When games launch and they're glitchy and they're a mess and they perform poorly, they get bad scores. They don't don't score well. Players don't put up with that. Like... In, in the fact that you're you're attempting to equate the glitches and the bugs in Spider-Man with the issues that we saw in, in Redfall or Forza Motorsport, I just don't think that that's a, a fair comparison at all. It's not even remotely fair. There are plenty of games that launch and have minor issues that need to be adjusted, tweaked, or patched, but goodness gracious, yeah, there were people faking glitches with photo mode, taking the bikes out of areas that were intended so they could create glitches. There was so much nonsense about Spider-Man 2 that gave everybody this impression that like, oh, why is nobody being critical of this game? It's glitchy too. And it's like, a lot of the glitches you saw on Twitter weren't even real. They were fake. They were totally fake. Like, okay, you could turn into a cube. That didn't happen to me. That didn't happen to a lot of people. And that, and, that, and again, that was more funny than anything. I mean, it, it was obviously a problem, and they fixed it. The issue that I'm talking about is not that. I do not care if a game launches and has some glitches or some bugs. I have never been bothered by that. I'm not like, oh, throw my hands up in the air. This is unbelievable. When a game is systemically bad or systemically broken or things aren't working properly or something clearly, you know, isn't right, 
something clearly is you know not been not been polished it's like that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about something that is consistently bad in the game or even stuff that just isn't there if they promised features that weren't there that i i take final fantasy 16 to task for that every time this subject comes up I'm extremely critical of that. It's like, you gave me a performance mode, and it's not a performance mode. It's not. You can't describe it as a performance mode. It's a combat performance mode. You give me performance mode in combat. That's, 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 not, a, that's not a good feature. That's not the feature I was promised. The feature I was promised in next-gen titles is, you know, quality and performance mode, 60 FPS, high frames per second. That's what I was promised. I'm not getting that in Final Fantasy 16. Then I haven't let them off the hook on that. I, even yesterday, in my top games of 2023, that got mentioned. So I am very consistent on how I criticize games and the standards I hold them to, especially Final Fantasy 16, how much it promoted, how it was going to show off the power of the PS5. It's not showing off the power of the PS5 with 30 and 40 frames per second in a town with NPCs standing around. Like, that doesn't show off power, right? Th- that, that performance mode sadly might never get patched now i have a lingering hope that maybe when they start trying to bring it to pc they'll experiment with fsr and then that will have sort of an unintended benefit of saying oh hey we can patch the ps5 version now and update fsr and give you better performance outside of combat but i'm not going to hold my breath on that i'd love an xbox conversation that doesn't immediately get diverted to one about playstation Right, and so now, twice now, we've had people in chat that are immediately running to Final Fantasy 16 and Spider-Man. Like, we're not doing that today. That That's not what's the subject. The subject is, we got five big titles. Well, they may, they may not big. We got three big titles. Hellblade 2, Stalker 2, and Avowed are three big titles confirmed coming next year. Two maybe lesser-known titles that I'm equally interested in, Towerborn and 33 Immortals, I had five games that we haven't heard from in a while, like Gears, Indiana Jones, Clock... Well, no, Clockwork Revolution we heard of just this year. I'm just curious if they're going to show us a little bit more gameplay. State of Decay 3 we haven't heard from, and by the time the Summer Showcase rolls around, it's going to be four years since we've heard anything on State of Decay 3. And then the Perfect Dark game. Like, those are a ton of games that we could hear about. We've got games coming. And I feel that if 2023 is the quality that Xbox is shooting for, then... And I'm just going to have a really hard time caring about the bigger titles. I don't worry about the quality of 33 Immortals and Towerborn. I don't. Those are smaller scope games. Those are smaller teams. Games like that typically come out and absolutely nail it. We've seen games like uh, No Man's Sky. We've seen games like... um, uh, Death's Door, we've seen games like Hades, we've seen smaller teams, smaller scope games just absolutely crush it. I'm not concerned about Towerborn or 33 Immortals at all. I'm more concerned about Hellblade 2 and Avowed. I'm actually not even concerned about Stalker 2. I think those guys have too much pride in their project to release something that isn't ready. I, I truly believe that. I think Stalker 2 is going to be fantastic. I have zero doubts about that game. I'm more concerned about Hellblade 2 and Avowed. Avowed probably at the top of the list of concerns about, you know, did this game go through the same ringer of we had to downgrade the graphics and we had to remove features. Like, that's the concern that I have. Um, Hang on. Didn't you see the comment about Hellblade 2? Apparently the devs said it would make Hellblade 1 look like an indie game. That's some big expectations they're setting up. I, yep, yeah, yeah. 
I actually think they could pull it off from what we've seen. From what we have seen, the, the, the graphical fidelity they're shooting for, the, the size of the areas, the size of the encounters, the combat, I really think Hellblade 2 has ratcheted things way up. Again, I'm always going to come back to this. My biggest concern is in the middle of 2021, they had yet to enter full production. Now, I don't know what their process looks like, but if you launch a game in 2024 and it was only in full production for two and a half to three years, okay, maybe smaller teams are more efficient. They're not a very large development team, right? Maybe smaller teams are more efficient. We've been kind of talking about this recently. It seems like one of the... We learned from the Insomniac leaks that like budgets are mushrooming and getting really expensive and like downsizing sometimes is necessary. I'm telling you, I wonder if the birth of that reality is going to be smaller teams, smaller creative scrappy teams like Hello Games. You just start seeing more and more companies pulling that off. You start seeing more and more companies of of the you know, 50 to 200 employee size really start getting more attention because they have more freedom. They can be more ambitious. TJ Rage with a gifted membership. Thank you so much. You know, they they have a lot more freedom. They can take a lot more risks. Like, Light No Fire stole the show at the Game Awards. You know, it's like, okay, they stole the show at the Game Awards. I'm sick and tired of companies putting emphasis on graphics instead of gameplay. This is another thing that I think is going to kind of come out of some of what we're talking about, and this is why I'm extremely interested in Towerborn and 33 Immortals. It's also why I'm not ultimately concerned about Avowed's art style. I think the art style for Avowed is quite good. If you look at some of the scenes that they show, and you look at some of the stuff that they show, I actually think the art style is quite good. It's just the concern is not the art style. The concern is you guys really seemingly downgraded the graphics why was it artistic vision or was it a technical problem you removed co-op that's always a little frustrating for me i love co-op why did you remove co-op why is co-op the feature that keeps dying well in the documentary they talked about you know how they they uh they used multiplayer when talking to publishers because multiplayer was like a buzzword, but the more they worked on it, the more they saw that it wasn't going to square with it. Okay, that sounds like a pretty genuine answer. Okay, great, right? So I think going forward, art style is going to be more important than just um, than just setting up a photorealistic environment, you know? Well, our trees and our mountains and our water look realistic. Well, okay, I mean, that that... that I feel like photorealistic games, they all start to kind of blend together. But when your game has like a style to it, you're like, oh, that I know what I know what game that is. Like no one doubts when they see uh, a Borderlands game. No one's in doubt when they know they're looking at uh, you know God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West. Like you know what game you're looking at. When I see the Hellblade footage. I feel like I know exactly what game I'm looking at. It's got its own vibe. It's got its own style, the the look and the grit. Now, it is photorealistic, but I think they do a very good job with the enemy design and, you know, Senua's outfit and her hair and the settings and the setups. I I actually think it has a lot of a lot of character. 
And I think more and more you're going to see games really, really do that. I think this always seems to happen with video games and, and, and game companies. Everybody gets infatuated with like the new tech. And they're like, oh, we can do photorealistic. Oh, we can do lighting. Oh, we can do water. Oh, we can do reflections. And it's like, okay, that's great. Does that translate into a really enjoyable game? Not necessarily. Now, it can. It can enhance a game's experience. Like, I thought the graphics in Avatar really enhanced the immersion and the experience. You really feel like you're on Pandora. And I'm now working my way through The Last of Us Remake, Last of Us Part 1 Remake, and I'm just struck numerous times by the water and the lighting. Now, water and lighting doesn't make for a good game. What it does is it sort of capstones a good game. It sort of enhances, you know, a good game. So that's why I think more and more I'm interested in games with really cool art style, you know, especially even games like this, like Towerborn um, or the 33 Immortals game from Thunder Lotus, it's art style I think can be really um, engrossing, it makes you want to be in the world, if you play a game like Hades you probably know what I'm talking about like being in the game seeing the cutscenes, seeing the characters you know, those those things I think can, can make you want to be in Hades and Hades isn't some crazy high fidelity photorealistic looking game but it's fantastic looking all the character design anytime they pop up on the screen and they're talking to you and you know all the different environments it's really really good um why do game companies keep remaking games that are less than 10 years well i was think i was you know what's funny is i was actually thinking about that last night and i think two things are happening i think we're seeing a lot of sequels Right, Hellblade 2, Stalker 2, we saw a lot of sequels this year. A ton of the games at the Game Awards were sequels. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Tears of the Kingdom, and then, to your point, Resident Evil 4 Remake. There's a couple of things going on. I think there's a business aspect to it. When a game is really successful, there's going to be a sequel. When you have like an invested audience, there's that's why you're getting a Hades too, right? Hades was extremely successful, so of course they're going to do a second one. You know, Hellblade was kind of a cult hit; it sort of grew in 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 its popularity over the, over the years. Now it's not like some big, massively well-known title, but the second game could really put it on the map. Um, and so I think there's a business aspect there of if your first game's successful, of course you're going to get a second one. Now, I think that's a similar, almost, that's like a cousin to remakes. There's a reason you're getting remakes and sequels. They're cousins. They're very similar. The idea being, look at what we can do that we couldn't do 10 years ago. And we know the title's popular. We know it's going to make money. And we know the effort that goes into a remaster and a remake isn't equal to a fully brand new launched game. So you have low cost, you have low investment, and you have high potential return. How, how can you fault businesses for doing that? It's like, of course a business is going to do that. They're trying to stay open in an environment where cost of, of games are rising and budgets are getting bigger and you know the, the market is very saturated. It's hard to get people's attention. Lots of these games that try to launch live service games or battle royales, they just absolutely struggle. And there's another aspect of, I think, what's going on. And this is very, very related to what we were just talking about with photorealistic graphics. I think we are 
we're hitting we're hitting a point in graphical fidelity where the differences going forward are going to be harder to deduce. Does that make sense? You can only make a race car and a race track look so real. Eventually you hit this apex point of well, I mean that that basically looks like real life. It looks like real life. Like you can, what are you going to do to make it look more real than real life? Well, there'll be subtle things. There'll there'll be, you know, enhanced loading sequences where you seamlessly go from one place to the next. Okay. That doesn't look better. That might feel better. Uh, they might get better and more advanced with uh, shading, reflections, you know, texture mapping. Those are harder to deduce. So what I think is going on is I think a lot of companies are realizing we can take our game from a handful of years ago, five or six years ago, less than 10 years ago. We can bring it all the way to this peak, this, this, this close to this apex point of our game looks awesome. And the difference between the games you're getting now and the games you're going to get in 10 years, it's not going to be this insane chasm that we can look at now. Does that make sense? Like, if you look at games in 2023, take the best looking games of 2023, which according to Digital Foundry, like, you know, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty, those are those are two standouts this year, okay? So take those two games and then compare them to the best looking games of 2013. There is a canyon between them. It's massive. It's like, oh my gosh. Look how far graphics have come. Gee, many Christmas. Well, I think the best looking games this year and really, really high fidelity graphic games in 10 years, I think the chasm between them will be a little bit smaller. There'll be a difference. You'll be able to look back and draw comparisons and you'll be like, look at the new hair strands technology. Look at the lighting. And we thought path tracing was amazing. Well, look at what we're able to do now. Look at the shadows. Look at this. Look at that. I think you'll be able to measure them, but I'm telling you, I think that canyon's going to be smaller. What that means is if you put out a remake in the next couple of years and you get up to this ceiling of like photorealism and the game looks awesome and it looks your game suddenly has more longevity of like graphical relevancy does that make sense it's like your game's going to look better for longer because we've just sort of crested over this hill of the consoles are strong enough. The PCs, even mid-level PCs, are now strong enough. You know, the average consumer even has a PC that can do a lot of this stuff. Let's remake our game. I think that's what's motivating it. I think there's a business aspect behind that's driving it, but I also think there's almost an epiphany amongst developers that if we make a game look really, really good right now with with great lighting and we get it about as photorealistic as possible, that game's going to still look good in seven years. It's not going to suddenly feel dramatically dated. The chasm of graphical upticks, like every 10 years, I feel like the canyon's just going to start, think of it like this, like, you know, 2000 to 2010, it's just big, big, huge jump, jump. And then 2000 to 2020, I don't think the jump's as big. And then 2020, 2030, I don't think the jump's as big. Because you can only get so realistic looking before 
it's just I mean I would imagine in 2030 you're going to put on a VR headset and literally feel like you're outside you're just going to feel like you're standing in a garden or you know on a, on a hillside it's going to look and feel real I think that's coming but I think how do you go beyond that how, what, what do you do how do you make something look more real than real so I just thought about that last night because I was playing a remake and I know there's a remaster around the corner and I was kind of thinking like I wonder if that's part of the motivation. I looked at the game and I thought, this game is still going to look good in 10 years because it's just so close to that ceiling of photorealism. Crispy Bogod with 27 months in a VIP. I agree 100%. I think 10 years from now, these games might be running on new hardware at 4K 120 or 8K 60 uh, um, ETC and they will still be relevant. Right, like performance is going to go up for sure performance is going to go up there'll be certain things that'll just be standard like 30 fps will feel like a distant foggy dream like in 2030 you'll be like 30 fps like no one will even understand what that means it it would be like launching a game today you know at at 16 bit it's like you'd be like what what are you doing and i'm not talking pixel graphics are amazing i'm talking about like literally limiting yourself to that degree it would just feel insane to do that um Hang on, I'm making sure we don't have any coffee orders. If you guys ever order coffee, let me know in the chat with an emoji, and then I'll check my email and shout you out. Guys, we've been going alive today for a little over 45 minutes. Let's smash that like button. There's almost 500 people here, man. We could easily have 200 likes, and there's other ways to support the channel as well. If you like to do you know, emojis in chat or get into exclusive content, if you use Discord, you could become a member for five bucks. You get into extra content, you get an emoji, you get, uh, I'm sorry, you get a badge next to your name. Uh, you get all this stuff here if you want to do that. Friday night streams with my wife are, are a blast. They're hilarious. So consider clicking join. It supports me directly, especially if you listen every day. Uh, that's a great way to support the channel directly. Now, if you can't afford a membership, be here as often as you can. Smash like, chat. Those are ways to sort of raise your chances of getting a gifted membership. We have a lot of gifters here and we have member incentives all the time we're closing in on 3,000 members and we'll do a big celebration uh, this weekend if we hit that uh, gifting items to a Starfield NPC they should be gifting people who bought the collector's edition and ended up with a cheap watch that breaks in less time than a Starfield oh your watch broke huh Eugene says it's a shame you never played the second one on the PS4 Pro. It was jaw-dropping, still is, and the PS5 updates were fantastic as well. The remaster will be the third iteration. It's kind of, for me, it's kind of like when something happens and you can't be a part of it, you know? I, I remember I was a part of, like, an internship, and it was like, we were, like, the fourth or the fifth year, and it was better. Like, it, it, you know what I'm saying? Everything's always getting better, so I'll be excited to play it in its best. Yo, Patrick Q gets us to 14 members on the day. Thank you, Patrick Q. Another one of the people here regularly gifting single gifted members, man. You single gifters, you guys are awesome. Yo, somebody named Lord Fart. That's a terrible name. He asked for a membership and he got one. It's unbelievable that that actually happened. That's incredible. You call your shots, apparently. Uh, I was late today, so sorry if you already said this. All right, hang on. Sven's saying something. That's why art style will be uh, very important going forward. I'd imagine Ratchet Rift Apart will hold up very well 10 years from now. Yeah, that's a really good point. I wonder if games with art style 
will also have a longer a longer tail of relevancy right yeah what a name yeah i can't really say his name i'll just call you lord fart um and a gifted member from ragnarok and a gifted member from william lewis hearing the charge for single gifted these guys throw them down really quick and another one from predator we got a single gifted member train out of nowhere ragnarok gifts a member and it goes to machine elf and uh, William Lewis gives a member, and it goes to Mason Chris. And then Predator gives a member, and it goes to Kushpreet. Kush, Kushpreet. Thank you so much for being here, Kushpreet. And then Mash gifts a five bomb and takes us to 22 members. And another single takes us to 23 from Joker Quinn. Thank you guys so much. Little quick member train for you guys. Make let's 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 make sure we uh, let's let's aim for 200 likes. YouTube's been really really weird with the likes. Okay, so double check that your like has saved. Like minimize chat. Make sure the thumbs up is there. Um, we've been struggling with that. Like we go over to a premiere and it shows like one like for the entire premiere, and then I refresh and it has like a hundred. So make sure your likes are saving. Aaron Claypool gifts a member bread. Brett Williams gifts a member and we land right on 25 already just that fast and William Lewis takes us to 26 he's the agent of chaos thank you so much for doing that William Lewis you guys are cooking all of a sudden let's go let's go if these consoles use Nvidia the performance will be much higher I mean yeah I don't want to get into the chipset debate I don't care about any of that what are we going to do a lot of those contracts are immovable at this point none of that stuff's going to change anytime soon Zach Johnson gives a member MASH gives a member taking us to 28 members on the day and 29 a gifted comes in from Ray comes in from Ray guys many hands make light work single gifteds are adding up Erotomus says art style will always outlast realistic Right, like think about it. As long as as long as you're getting like 60 FPS, like I feel like this game will always look good. Right? Savage Shark Bite with a gifted member. Thank you so much. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're always going to look back, "Oh, that's a nice layup. 30 out of 50 tempting one of the big boys potentially to come in and destroy the whole thing with a 20 bomb. We'll see." Thank you so much Savage Shark Bite. Think about this. There's an absolute ton of PlayStation 1 and Nintendo 64 games that are playable even by today's standard, and none of them are photorealistic. Art style will always outlast photorealism. Hadigan saying the exact same thing as Erotimus. Yeah, I think that's just really well stated, that art style will always outlast photorealism. And Keithius gifts a member and sets up that 20 bomb to be an agent of chaos. Thank you so much, Keithius, for gifting a member. Yo, good afternoon, Crafty. How are you? Uh, and I think we're going through that right now. I think a lot of games that have focused on photorealism and stuff, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with focusing on photorealism, because I even think that, like, I, I, I even feel like Hellblade 2 has its own feel and style, so that in, like, seven years, if it actually looks like this while you're playing, I don't think anybody's going to look back at this and be like, oh, that looks so bad. Because, again, I think the closer you get to human beings and eyes and skin and lighting and shadows, the closer you get to real life, you know, the, I think the stronger, the, the stronger the, the, I guess the elasticity of the game will be. It'll just have a little bit more staying power. Because it's, I don't think you're going to wake up in seven years and play some of the photorealistic games from right now and be like, these games look like trash, bro. 
I mean, there are photorealistic games right now you could play that even still get hailed as lasting. Like, if you look at, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 as an example. If art style and assets are high quality, the shelf life's crazy. They're that or a mod community on PC. Well, for sure, yeah. A modding community that consistently makes sure that your game looks really, really good, for sure, I think can have a, a huge, a huge, huge impact um, in general. And uh, I hope everyone, including all the console warriors, has a fantastic day. Be well and treat each other as you'd want. Hey, man, that's a good word. Well, good to see you, Soul Tech. How are you, man? Thank you so much. Why are we getting so freaking choked out, dude? What the frick? Um, there we go. Okay, I got it. Uh, I also feel that some games won't correct with photorealism, like some games need to be stylized. I think Remnant or Remnant 2 has a unique art style. Yeah, yeah. I think Remnant 2 has a really good art style, actually. Batman Arkham Knight still looks amazing. Batman Arkham Knight, I actually talked about that in... Oh, I talked about that in the video coming today about Justice League. Um, I mentioned this in the video that Batman Arkham Knight has aged incredibly well, but if you start watching some of the, the scenes where you're sort of interacting with another character, Commissioner Gordon or somebody, it starts to show its age. You know, the combat, the city, the graphics, the lighting, all aged, has, has aged incredibly well. You only really start to sense the, 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 the date, the age of the game, right? You only start to really sense the age of the game by, uh, by looking at some of those scenes. Because I remember people saying that they thought like, oh, the characters in Kill the Justice League don't look that good. But if you actually compare them to Arkham Knight, I mean, Harley Quinn's a good example. I mean, she looks fantastic compared to back then. They've really upped, you know, how, how, how good things look. Skyrim is a prime example of that. That community has supported that game at a ridiculous level. If you see a modded Skyrim today, it looks about as good as any game. All right, we, let's let's bring things back to Xbox in 2024. We've kind of gone off the beaten path, but I think what we talked about is actually really relevant with art style and photorealism because I think you've got two graphical powerhouses coming in 2024 for Xbox. You've got Hellblade 2 and Stalker 2, but I also think you have games with really cool art style like 33 Immortals, Towerborn, and even Avowed. I think Avowed could end up being a really good game. Its art style, you know, definitely changed, but that's not necessarily a problem. Is there a game that I left out that you think is coming in 2024? I'm seeing people putting like Fable and Indiana Jones. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? I saw somebody put Clockwork Revolution. I was like, these games are not coming in 2024, bro. There's no way. I don't, I don't see it. But is there anything that I left out? Are there any games for Xbox in 2024 that you feel like, dude, no, there's one coming that you forgot about. There's a game that, you know, you left off of the list. Uh, you know what it is for me with the Arkham games? The UI is extremely dated. The game looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes your UI, your menus, that's when you're going to be able to tell that a game is kind of old. Um, I'm just saying they still put out quality games since being acquired. Uh, Outer Worlds came out before they were acquired. Grounded was in early access. And Pentiment. Okay, I'll give you Pentiment. I'll give you Pentiment. But I can't I can't give you the Outer Worlds. Yeah, that was not under development under Microsoft. 
I'll give you grounded, but even grounded is a different example of of what I'm what we're kind of talking about. I think the concern around avowed is the art style. Okay, looks like a graphical downgrade. Now we could argue all day long about it's not a graphical downgrade. That original trailer, no one should have thought the game was going to look like that. I listen, dude. It's one thing to have like a cinematic trailer. Like go back and watch the Valhalla cinematic trailer. It's incredible, right? Takes old boy down and that dude with the, the with the terrible bangs on the horse is like, "Oh my gosh, we're in trouble," right? That's a cinematic trailer that sets tone, vibe and feel. But you don't necessarily think the game is going to look like that level of fidelity. That avowed trailer 100% made it seem like this is what the game's going to look like the end of the trailer, hands come up into the frame. Everybody was running with that image, like, oh my gosh, look at Avowed, look at Avowed. And then when the actual gameplay gets debuted, everyone's like, well, no one should have thought it was going to look like that. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> That's bogus. Everyone was thinking, and they even talk about it, right? They, had to, they made changes. They made changes to the game. They made adjustments. I think they intended the game to look like that. Yo, Trashboat24, thanks so much for renewing your membership. I do. I think they intended the game. I think they intended the game to look like that. And it maybe just didn't work. You know. Um But did they change the art style because they want people playing this game like they do with Skyrim ten years later? Well, there's that, and then they talked about why they dropped co-op and the reason they dropped co-op was because it was something to do with the questing like as they were building out the questing and thinking about what they do best they just realized that like co-op wasn't really going to jive okay I actually can accept that answer I can like if you play a game like the outer worlds I think you get a taste for what they're what they're kind of hinting at the outer worlds works really well when you're by yourself right if you suddenly had somebody running around with you, it might feel kind of strange. It might it might really change the experience. So, I I again, I feel like it's concerning that they dropped co-op and the graphics changed. But when you watch the interview with them, it's like, okay, th- these sound like decisions that you guys came to all on your own, right? Avowed graphical downgrade could be because of the Series S downgrading what you know downgrading the graphics and dropping co-op yes of course that's the first thing I think of it's like we've seen this before we've seen graphical downgrades we've seen features removed before and I don't think online co-op is the same though like if I'm if I'm gonna come up onto the stage and defend avowed I'm gonna say now hang on a minute co-op isn't the same as split screen co-op right so split screen co-op is the sticking point that's been the tension point for halo and that's been the tension point for baldur's gate 3 this is a different animal i genuinely think they were building the quests out and they were building the game out and they thought this isn't really our this is not really our our wheelhouse yo maximo thanks so much for renewing your membership docker 2 had a graphical downgrade it did I didn't see I didn't see any graphical downgrade. Where did you can you pinpoint sections of the video where you feel like there's evidence of a graphical downgrade? I thought the Stalker 2 
uh, trailer from a month ago in November. I I thought it was fantastic. Online uh, offline split split screen isn't like online co-op. Right, that's exactly right. Now I don't know if Avowed was going for split screen co-op and that's what they dropped. They phrased it in a way in the in the in the documentary that it was like online multiplayer. That it was like, oh yeah, you you know your ability to play with another player. It didn't sound like they were talking about split screen co-op. Yo, Zubair back in here with 34 months and a VIP gold. Oh, look, I have a thing. Thank you so much, Zubair, for doing that. And guys, one more one more time. Check the like button, man. Let's get 200 likes on a video. We're an hour in. Uh, we've been, we, YouTube's just been super squirrely. Chat's been working well today. Good golly. Yesterday, the chat kept messing up, but we haven't had any issues today. What graphical downgrade have you guys played Pillars of Eternity? I'm I'm just going to continue to go. All right. I'm just going to continue to go to that first trailer and argue that this image, okay? And then people threw it in their thumbnails, and this is just a lesson in marketing, okay? This is just a lesson in marketing. This is how the very first trailer ends. And so everybody takes that shot. It's in articles, article headers. It's in tweets. It's on thumbnails. You got guys like this that put 4K Ultra HD on their thumbnail because that makes people click, right? The the part of your brain says, I got to see it. It's the best, right? It's gold. So this image is everywhere, okay? That's a lesson in marketing. You can't have a trailer end like that and look like that, and everyone thinks, oh my gosh, I'm going to be able to play that? You know, the trailer looked cool, you got arrows flying through the air, seems really dark and mysterious, and then you get like this almost like Skyrim perspective, and then when the game comes out, or, or, or 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 they finally show us gameplay, it's you know, very, very different. So I I think that's the issue. Now, did they do a graphical downgrade? They seem to indicate that they did. You know, they also seem to indicate that the vision of the game sort of changed shape over time and their plans for co-op had to be shelved, okay? I just, if, if you, if you want to just do like a side-by-side... I mean, look look at that. Look at the graphical detail. You know, and that looks... I, I'm not seeing anything next-gen, and that's fine. I, I don't think every game needs to blow the doors off. As I said, they've got Hellblade 2 and Stalker 2 this year to show off, you know, next-gen power if they, in fact, want to make that a, a, a talking point. But I think, again, I think they hurt themselves. Just gave you your 200th like. Thank you. Thank you. I I think they hurt themselves a little bit. Looks like a VR game. Yeah, the graphical quality kind of does look like a VR game. <clears throat> that that's none of what I'm saying is is hate or or bashing them. You know what I'm saying? Like you're allowed to speak about these things and just say like yeah, I mean, I think that first trailer really set an expectation. And 
looking at this, I it doesn't look like the same game at all. I remember for the first couple of minutes of the Avowed trailer, we were like, what game is this? And then when the hands came up, I was like, oh, it's Avowed. I wish I knew what next gen meant. I mean, you're just you're just not seeing high fidelity textures, particle effects, lighting. You know, this looks like a game that you could run on your MetaQuest, a standalone VR device. I'm not seeing anything that that you couldn't you couldn't achieve. You know, you know, this Looks like Asgard's Wrath 2 a little bit. I'm not seeing graphical fidelity that's like that far above it. Now again, that's not saying that that makes a game bad. What I'm saying is, if you compare the two, it's just it's just very, very different. And I think it's okay to point that out and to say, man, that first screenshot that was floating around, it really set expectations. It really did. From the announcement trailer three years ago, from the trailer six months ago. Yeah, but come on, Sven. You've got, like, a very pristine picture with a lens flare on the sword. Look at what I just showed. The the lighting seems more flat on the hand. The texture's on the hand. Like, look at his thumbnail. Like, what's going on there? Like, it is his hand has, like, this rigid outline. Like, it's, like, not really in the world. And then look at that other screenshot. Let me let me pull up the other screenshot. Let's just side by side this stuff. Right? Here, I'll make it really easy. I'm gonna use the snip tool. I'm gonna use the snip tool. I, I think I just think that there's nothing wrong with pointing this out. Like I think it's okay to say, man, that that game really changed. It doesn't quite look like what they originally promised. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a problem. That also could mean, um, hang on, I gotta put it in. I gotta put it in Discord so that I can open it in a browser. I want to be able to open it in a browser. There we go. And then I'm gonna go get the other image that I had. Here we go. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, come on, man. You, you can't tell me that this doesn't feel like a pretty big change. No, that's not hate. That's not bashing. I think it's totally fair for somebody to be like, yo, that first trailer was fire. Look at the metal. Look at the lighting. Look at the, look at the, look at the effects on that guy's hand. Holy crap. And then you come to this and you're like, oh. I, again... It can be an amazing game. This is a lesson in stop showing your games so early. Stop it. If the very first trailer we saw for Avowed was this trailer, do you know what we would be talking about? I'll tell you what we'd be talking about. We would be talking about this guy. We would be talking about how good he looks. We would be talking about the the color palette in some of these scenes. Right here. Boom. Right on cue. If this was the first time you saw Avowed, we would be having a very different conversation. We'd be talking about, yo, that looks kind of fun. That looks kind of cool. It's got like its own feel. It's kind of like, you know, 
it's like if Sea of Thieves, like, you know, grew up and looked a lot better and became an RPG, right? It's like Sea of Thieves and Skyrim had a baby or something. Like, it, we would be having a very different conversation. Again, this is not hate. This is a lesson in stop showing your game so early. Because what ends up happening is you, you there is just no way those early cuts, those early, like, high graphical showcases, they always always end up not being what the final product looks like so if there's no point of comparison comparison is the thief of joy right when you compare your life to another person's life and all they do is post on instagram all the exotic places they get to travel and you're like my life sucks you know and then you need to be told by an angel that you, you really had a wonderful life george like comparison can absolutely be the thief of joy that's such a great lesson in the movie it's a wonderful life right George is seeing everybody else get to go do all the things they want to do he's not getting to do the things he wants to do and he doesn't he doesn't look straight face at how great his life is so the minute you start comparing things it'll diminish well this is a great reasons why they should stop stop showing your games to dadgum early because that first shot Everybody got excited. That image of the sword and the purple hand circulated everywhere. You know, big time Xbox guys were showing it off like, yeah, baby, look at Avowed. And then, you know, once we see the gameplay, then it's, oh, with uh, the, the, the trailer, the trailer shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't be an indication of what the game's going to look like. What do you, t- what? The player's perspective was a part of the trailer. Haven't you ever seen a game do that? I'll give an example. Star Wars Outlaws. Don't you think it's cool when you're watching Star Wars Outlaws and the trailer is like panning over stuff and there's this little cute little fuzzy guy and he goes up to the main character and she touches him, pets him, and then the camera moves just smoothly into gameplay and you're like, oh my gosh! Come on, if if, if you show that level of, wow, this, this looks like it's going to be a pretty sweet, sweet game and then all of a sudden they go into the perspective of the player you don't get to backpedal out of that and be like, no, 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 no. That, that doesn't set expectations for what the game's going to look like. Oh, get out of here. Yes, it did. And like I said, it's a lesson. It's not hate. I'm not saying the game's going to suck. It's just like nobody would be making those comparisons now. Like, Maddie Plays would not have a video called Avowed Gameplay, My Brutally Honest Opinion. And he has on the thumbnail, They Lied, question mark, right? We actually reacted to Maddie's video about this. All right, he made it six months ago. 137,000 views, right? That's solid. That's solid video. He wouldn't have made that video. There wouldn't be any dialogue about that. There'd be no thumbnail saying they lied. They'd be like, our first look at avowed gameplay. It looks fun. It looks, you know, it looks interesting. It looks new. It looks fresh, whatever. And this is just, I think, a lesson for gamers right now, in general. Because something that has been happening every time there's showcases, every time there's state of plays, people people tend to say things like they didn't show anything, they didn't announce anything, and they want games to show up. Well, this is what happens when games show up and, and, and show themselves off too early. Yo, JC, sorry about that. JC gifts a member and gets us to 32 members on the day. Thank you so much, JC, for bumping the line we have got a little bit of an end of the year goal we got super close on friday 
so close that I sang for you anyway. But we've been trying to get back to 3,000 members, and currently we have 2881. We are officially 120 members away. Now, if, if we hit 100 members, okay, I have to gift 20. So we hit it together. If you guys scramble and go crazy, and we'll do we'll do an end of the year New Year's celebration with you guys. It'll be it'll be a freaking blast. So, you guys keep pushing that number, man. So generous and uh, and so kind. I've missed all the memberships. Yeah, somehow Vedger hasn't got one. You usually get one. That needs to go on a T-shirt. Comparisons to Thief of Joy. I don't even know the origin of that quote. I really don't. But I think it's a great quote. You know. So a hunter gets you there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Another another hunter gets us there. Um let me check and make sure we didn't have any Yes, we did. Um we had a merch order from Trill Troll. He grabbed a Loney t-shirt and a reforged two-tone hoodie. Now, here's the thing. Some of these orders are already getting sent out. A mug is going out to somebody today. We, we showed this to the members the other day, and I have not had a chance to show this to you guys yet. I haven't had a chance to show this to you guys yet. ReforgeGaming.net has merch available, right? The day that I slipped up and called myself Loney, well, you can now own a shirt that says Loney on it. Reforge Gaming mouse pad, zip-ups, pullover hoodies that are two-tone i love this i have this hoodie i've worn this hoodie mine's a reforge rose this is reforge gaming and then we got the gaming and the joystick on t-shirts and then we got the mugs and the tumblers reforgegaming.net if you want to check out our merch wired rope gifts a five bomb and takes us to 37 thank you so much wired rope but then 38 members on the day another one comes in from rpg88 wired rope with 10 months says screw the haters. Well, no need to worry about them if you don't ever pay any attention to them, dude. Mass with five bomb coming in. Thank you so much. And it goes to 43 members on the day. Everybody's banding together now. They're like, all right, let's do it. That shirt is for the Loney Ponies. That's right. That's that's for all the Loney Ponies. Oh, my gosh. I went to say Lono and Sony, and I referred to myself as Loney. And, uh, yeah, ever since, we've got guys that, you know, Consi- Derek consistently calls him. My brother consistently calls me that in chat. He calls me Loney. Another comparison. Monster Hunter World reveal trailer versus launch trailer. Definitely upgraded visuals. I think that... We got the membership moving again? Yeah, you did, JC. Nice work. I actually think that there are instances where the graphics end up looking better. Um, But I, I think it's rare. You know what I mean? Mash is crushing. Yeah, yo, Mash is going in today, dude. Mash is kind of taking the day. Taking the day by storm. The dude's got five at the top of the chat right now. And he's got another one there that's six. Another five there, 21. And then I think he did a 10. Yeah, he's got 31 members on the day. He's kind of holding the crown for the day. Um... Yeah, I just think in general, it's if you're going to do announcement trailers, I think it's better to just do pure cinematic, you know? And I actually don't like announcement trailers at showcases because I feel like showcases are called showcases. Like, you're supposed to show something. If you want to do an announcement trailer, do an announcement trailer. Just do it whenever. 
you know, and then use your showcases to show stuff. You show gameplay. Show, you know what I mean? Let me see. Even if it's something that we've already seen before, maybe give us a slightly deeper dive on it. I'm actually really hoping that before Hellblade 2 comes out, that they do that. That they do a showcase or a developer direct where somebody literally fingers on the sticks is just moving Senua around in the game and they show off the combat and and show off, you know, a lengthy, uncut, you know, raw gameplay. I, I really, really want that. I do. I think that that would really maybe put to bed some of the concerns and some of the worry about it. Feel bad for Hilly. We'll we'll have we'll have a goal maybe in uh, in January. We'll let we'll let Hilly reinstall Halo. We'll let we'll let him reinstall Halo. For Xbox to be having debates on graphical quality with the supposedly most powerful console speaks volumes. It's always some sort of sleight of hand with them. Uh, Loney Stayplation. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I don't. I mean, I don't want to accuse them of sleight of hand because I don't know if any of this was intentional. P Dub. I actually think the Series S was the result of raw material shortages, and I feel like they made some kind of a pivot. I don't know what happened, I don't know when it happened, but it genuinely feels like this was not their choice. It was sort of a, we need to make the best of this. And so, because it doesn't make sense, think about it for, just think about it for a second. If all the promises of the Series X were intended to be like sleight of hand and mislead us, well then why didn't they prioritize the Series X? You see what I'm saying? Like if you look at the Project Scarlet marketing and you look at the Series X marketing, it doesn't make sense to do that as like a sleight of hand or a looky-loo or some kind of a sucker punch or a rope-a-dope. That doesn't make any sense. It's like they didn't, they didn't, it's not like they did that and then they convinced tons of people to buy Series X's and it was the priority and then, and then, and then, and then we just didn't get a lot of high graphical games out of them. They, they, they did all that marketing and then they prioritized the Series S. I think the Series S was a poor prediction of how the hardware would actually perform. I'm I'm more inclined to think that's a decent theory too, Zubair, that they thought there's a shortage of raw materials, we can make this weaker piece of hardware, and all we're really going to have to sacrifice is resolution, and then the developers got their hands on it, and they were like, that's not true. And that's one of the reasons that a lot of these games have gone dead quiet, it's why games have been delayed it's why games are landing and like features are missing and performance is not that great like that's a theory that i think holds some weight but then it makes you wonder okay what's going to happen with hellblade 2 what's going to happen with stalker 2 what's going to happen with fable what's going to happen with the next gears game the coalition put out that trailer the cavern that that unreal uh demo trailer a couple years ago what's going to happen with all these games if that's what they're trying to do, if they're trying to push high levels of graphical performance and fidelity, and they're all bashing against the rocks and saying, the Series S, I just don't think we can do it. There's just not enough memory here. We're, we're having to cut so much from the game. Y'all are forgetting these consoles launched in the sickie? Right, but they were in development and in production and going through R&D well before that. It's not like they whipped up the Series S in the kitchen. They were like, oh, shoot, chip chip shortages of 2020 we better whip up the 
the Series S. According to Digital Foundry, they saw the Series S in the beginning of 2020, meaning it was already in the pipeline, already in production, research and development had already gone through, tested everything, and they had the thing made. The 2020 didn't like happen, and then they pivoted to the S. The S was already a part of the plan. And again, I I think Zubair's theory holds. It's like, I think they thought, if you look at the marketing and the way they talk about it, they're like, you're going to get the same great performance just at 1440. And that simply has not come true. Even even guys who absolutely love Xbox have admitted that that just simply has not come true. Guys like Doc Dark are like, he has no problem admitting that none of those claims about those boxes rang true. And you gotta wonder, did they come out and say all that knowing that, that it wasn't true? Or did they come out and say all that thinking, oh no, yeah, we've this is we got a winning combination right now. The S was more readily available. Right, but the sickie wasn't the reason the S was more readily available, Black John. The S was more readily available because they manufactured that. We found that out through the uh, the discovery process and the emails. They constrained the distribution and the and the creation of the Series X, and they prioritized the Series S. They manufactured that. There were more S's made. There were S's more readily available. It wasn't like an emergent you know, an emergence of the sickie where it was like, well, times are hard. People are buying the cheapest thing. People actually spent tons of money on tech in that year. They did. People spent a lot of money. So I don't think the S was like the, the result of that. I think the S was something that they, for some reason, on the back end of strategy and planning, they thought, this is our ticket right here. Push this thing. And... If you look at the marketing, it makes sense. Imagine a box at that price capable of consistently getting 1440-60 out of all the games coming out, all the next-gen games. Imagine. Imagine that. Right now, we don't we think we we think of that's like a joke. We we think of that as a joke, like spending that much money and getting 1440-60 in every game. We're like that's not even possible. Well, yeah, we know that now. But at the time, you had people out here running this narrative of, oh, dude, this thing's going to be 1441.20. The Series S is going to take over. People believe that. Because if you looked at the promises and you looked at the price point, it was like, oh my gosh, this thing is going to be great. And then I think, like JC says, the whole thing backfires. And I don't think it backfired from the consumers. I think it backfired with the developers. We saw this in 2022 when developers were complaining about the memory and, and and Xbox tried to allocate more memory to help. And then we heard about it again in 2023 when the guy comes back from Gamescom and he says, I spoke to a lot of developers and they do not like that machine. They don't like it. It's a problem. Even before that was said, in late 2020, the guys from id Software, lead engine guys from id Software, these guys are the kings in the development world. They're the kings of optimization, and even they were like, that's going to be a problem. All those tweets mysteriously disappeared after the acquisition. So that's why I said in my show open, Hellblade 2, Stalker 2, could put Xbox back on the on the power narrative map and they could say look man we've got two amazing looking next gen games 
you know, powered by the Series X or whatever. Now, the question obviously would be, what will Stalker 2 and Hellblade 2 look like on the Series S? What sort of sacrifices had to be made? And what maybe sacrifices had to be made to the game in and of itself? Well, we're, we're going to find out. Because like I said, Hellblade 2 is is my most anticipated game next year. It's only bare, It's only like tied roughly with Star Wars Outlaws. But Hellblade 2 edges it out because I absolutely love the first game. And if it lands and the tech breakdowns and the reviews and, and people slice the game up and it's very, very clear that something happened, something happened on the way to Albuquerque, then I, we're, I don't think, I think that that will be an absolutely slam the gavel down, case case settled. Like, we, we know what happened. We know. There won't be any question in my mind at that point. What's all been but confirmed? Microsoft saw the X as the mid-gen upgrade. As a result, they didn't care about getting X's in players' hands. They cared about the S, and they used the X hardware for other purposes. Now the gen is three years old. Oh, right. Yeah, I mean, I, that's true. I mean, that's, that's according to John Linneman at Digital Foundry. That's what he was told. Um, does the Series X have a single 4K 120 game like they advertised? Um, Forza Horizon, I believe, is the one game they have that, that features, uh, is it 4K 120? I think it's 4K 60. I think Forza Horizon has a 4K 60 mode. I don't think it has a 4K 120 mode. Stalker 2 was downgraded. Somebody answer me on this. Why are people saying Stalker 2 was downgraded? I'm going to throw the trailer up here on the screen. I don't I don't see any evidence of downgrade. What look at that. Downgraded where? It looks incredible. Has anybody done a breakdown of this trailer? Is there somebody out there that said, you know, they got red arrows on their thumbnail and has anybody broken this down and talked about the graphical degradation? We've not even seen that much of Stalker up to this point. Well, we have like the one trailer, right? Are we talking about this, this stuff? The gameplay? That this here? What? Look at the first trailer. Okay, okay, hang on, hang on. Let's do it. Let's just do it. I mean, we, we don't need somebody else's content. We'll do our own. Okay, two years ago, we have... Uh, let me loop it and let me turn the controls off. All right, this is Stalker 2 from two years ago. Right? Let me let me just double check that I got the right one. Yeah, June of 2021. I don't see any degradation. This looks exactly like I would even say the scene that we just got done watching with the guy with the sweat on his head and stuff. I feel like it looked better than this. Okay, the lighting on the brick there is a little crazy. Oh, the lighting on the gun. Holy cow. Okay, maybe the lighting, maybe the lighting is uh is a little is a little rendered here cuz this the lighting on the gun from that 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 lens flare is bonkers. Lighting on the ground too when he walked inside the water just looked incredible. Oh, did you see those particles come flying at him? Holy crap. 
That looks like a dynamic explosion. All right, hang on a second. All right, that's that's enough. That's enough of that. Let's okay. This is the new one. Now I happen to think that character model looks upgraded from the previous character models. And see, we're getting such a weird look at gameplay here. That's like a super long snipe. Yeah, I think the the character models look better. That looks better. The character models look way, way better. But I think the lighting in some of the environments does look like it's changed. It doesn't quite look as 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 vibrant and as as real life. But the character models look fantastic. But the guys sitting around the fire do not look as good as the two character models that we've seen. They just don't. They don't look like their textures are as detailed. The textures look more flat. Wait, was that it? Is there... Hang on. Okay. Yeah, it's the lighting. They were saying it made it feel downgraded. The grenade throw looked messed up. The grenade throw looked... The the explosion from the grenade looked incredible. Yeah, I think it's the lighting. It's 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 the lighting. Like, I, I don't think it's that bad, but I definitely think it's not quite as good as that first trailer. But look at the character models, dude. He looks fantastic. His face, the animation... It all looks so, so good. All right, let's go back to see some gameplay. Yeah, it's so hard to get gameplay. It's really chopped up. The gameplay is also not letting you see the same areas and the same footage. It's We're not really getting to see the guns. We're, get, like, we're only getting to see like very very brief looks again if we go back this entire sequence as soon as this sequence starts dude the red brick it's like holy cow like look at that like it's not just the red brick all right look at the way the light interacts the closer you get to the focal point of it as it comes out like just barely touching the edges of these bricks and the way you get more and more of it, that's just that's just unbelievable. I, I that level of lighting is is going to be on like high end rigs only. You're not getting this on a console. I, I there is no freaking way. Look at the reflections on the ground, and the way that the lighting interacts with the gun. Watch the water as he goes into the building. Watch the water. It's it's it might be behind me. I might have to move. No, yeah, look at that. Yeah, I think the lighting the lighting has changed, but I, and again and again, this is why this is why when you show a game, you know, you show gameplay like that. When you show gameplay like that, you end up there's just there, you know. And I said this, I said this in my show open. What did I say? I said some of the graphical showcases from 2020 and 2021 are falling apart. That we're not getting what they showed. The same thing happened with Forza Motorsport. If you go back and look at the original trailer and promises for Forza Motorsport, and then you look at what they delivered and the tech breakdowns, it's like, yeah, that's a pretty big downgrade. And I think that what happened in 2020 and 2021 was 
A lot of these guys got their hands on this new engine and new lighting tech and they pushed out trailers and they're like, oh man, we're going to be able to make games look so amazing. And between 2020 and 2021 and now, reality settled in. And it was like, you can't do that. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) This box can't even do ray tracing. So what what, what are we doing here? There's another trailer that came out this year with gunplay if you want pure gunplay. Um, is it the oh I got it here it's come to me official trailer hang on let's watch this one here This all looks way more believable. The lighting in this looks way more believable. Yeah, that that looks the gun it's so quick. It's hard to gosh, they're chopping it up. I feel like that looks even this here, even this here. This looks more like what we just saw. I think they got better at character models and character animations with the faces. I definitely think that. Yeah. Yeah, that, oh, come on. Give us some lighting on the... Oh, it's, they're just such quick cuts. It's hard to see. No, the Ubisoft hack failed. They stopped them. Yeah, this lighting looks more believable than the first, that very first trailer. It's a lot more muted. It's not, it's not quite as intense. You see, you see how it's like, it's just softer. It doesn't feel as, it doesn't feel as like, does he, he shot the gun there at one point, didn't he? We got a lens flare. Yeah, right there. Let's get a single frame of the lens flare. I think that's a lot more believable. Like that feels like, more true to what the gameplay is going to look like. The 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 very first trailer, that lens that 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 muzzle flare on the freaking gun. Oh my gosh, it was it did looked insane. You can always tell the Eastern European games character models are a giveaway. In what way? I don't I don't know what uh what do you think is a tell? What you're seeing, says Matt uh, Hattigan Matter, the first trailer's lighting is high-end PC with tracing. The second's console lighting. And I actually think the console lighting, if you're correct, if your theory is correct, and the two more recent trailers are console lighting, I think it looks great. I think it looks great. Again, I think that's why you show a game really early like that, and you have the graphics turned up to 11. I just think, you know, you're going to get called out for it. So now you got, you know, yeah, I was really excited about this game and look what happened. You got guys coming in saying it's been graphically downgraded. And now that's a part of the conversation. Like that was that this is just such a great little sequence here. Like the, the, the way the lighting in the background plays with the scenery here and the characters like lighting this part of him and that part of him. I, this is great. This is super, super well done. This looks amazing. But again, 
when you first land on the market and you show everybody something that 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 isn't close to what's actually capable or isn't close to the final product i you know don't be surprised when people start pulling out videos and saying oh downgraded 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 you know state of the k3 i don't think they showed us any gameplay but it was a cinematic it looked really really good and I won't be surprised if the first time we see State of Decay 3, we're having a real similar conversation about, well, that was a cinematic trailer, and it wasn't really meant to establish what the game was supposed to look like. Alright. Maybe that means you need to stop it with those trailers. You know? They were all on PC. The first one was CGI. The first one was edited. Oh, that fir- you think the first one we watched, you think it was just like fully rendered not raw gameplay where like the muzzle flare was hitting the gun and just looked incredible you think that was like a fully rendered that wasn't that wasn't real i might i might believe that there was a rumor that it's coming to playstation three months after it comes out on xbox um the publisher I mean maybe the publisher is GSC Game World and Plyon I'm not familiar with these companies um, so it seems that Microsoft may have paid for the exclusivity which means it could be time exclusivity I don't know I, th- that it wouldn't surprise me it wouldn't I feel like a game like that would do really well with the PlayStation audience because a lot of the, you know a lot of the Call of Duty fans will see a, a game with guns, you know, in Russia, and they'll be like, "Let's go, let's play that." I mean, it's been pretty front and center on a lot of Xbox's stuff, so I don't know if they would want that to be you know a timed exclusive. They can write a big enough check. Plyon is Embracer. What, like a sub, like a, like a sub company name? That's Embracer. It's like all these companies. Everybody operates under different names. Uh, Plyon is a German-Australian media company headquartered in Austria with an operating subsidiary based in Germany. Parent organization, Embracer. You are correct. Yeah, parent company's Embracer. Makes it so hard to keep track of everybody. It's like, well, this company is based out of this place, and they, uh, they're not, they're not, they're not independently owned. They're owned by this bigger company over here, this conglomerate. Oh, they renamed it. Oh. Hmm. <clears throat> I think the models themselves look good. I don't see anything with Stalker 2 that looks bad, but the lighting has changed, and I think that that's just something we have to accept. When you see a trailer come out and the lighting looks too good to be true, unless you've got a high-end 4060 rig, the lighting probably is too good to be true. Lighting and path tracing and ray tracing and the shadows all of that that 
it just always looks so perfect. You're like, there's no freaking way, dude. There's no way my console's doing that. And sure enough, you get the game and it doesn't. It's just that they're not strong enough for that. Erotimus says, I think it started as a three-month exclusive, but as they needed more money to finish the game, Microsoft fronted the bill to push it out the door. So it may be on Xbox longer. Yeah, it's possible that the delay required more capital and the and the more capital they renegotiated and maybe they got like a year. I think it would be a good one-year exclusive. I, I think that's a good... That's totally fine. They get, they, they get the benefit of throwing it on Game Pass. The devs get a bunch of money. And then it gets to come out a year later. If they've done any DLC or anything like that, they can do a, a complete edition or something like that for PlayStation... I you know I actually think that I actually think that's that that can actually work out really really well. <laughs> what is Skill Up doing by the way? Look at this thumbnail. He says I recommend 2023 this year in video games, and he's just got Todd Howard on the thumb. What? <laughs> I just, that's a god tier thumbnail, dude. That's perfect. Todd looks Todd looks kind of sour in that picture. The three-month exclusivity was in an internal document. Oh, it was. Hmm. Bracer is why I wouldn't count on Perfect Dark. Yeah, so I mentioned Perfect Dark during the show open, and that project has kind of gone through the ringer. Guys, we are close to two hours on the broadcast. Do me a favor and smash that like button. Let's set our sights on 300 likes. We should easily have that by now. And we need seven more members to hit 50, and then I'll owe you 10 members. We are roughly 100 members from hitting the 3,000 milestone for the month, and we thank you guys that have been helping with that today. Um, But yeah, I talked about Perfect Dark in the show open, and I, it's like, that game has gone through it, dude. They lost like half the development staff in 2021. They tapped Crystal Dynamics to help out. Then they lost somebody again, I think, in 2022. And then I think there's rumors that it's been completely rebooted. I, ah... That, that one, we're probably not going to hear anything about that one for a while. Minerva with a $5 super chat tip. The Xbox Series X S might be the reason why you have no mid-gen refresh, but a next-gen console, they know the problem. Oh, did you see? I did a show about that, like the Xbox Next in 2026 that we're hearing rumors about. Um... That's just a whole... I There's so much about that that feels... It just feels like impossible. It just feels impossible. Because... What are you going to do with all the Series S owners? I, again, in that video, I theorize that the Series S starts to get games of really, really high-level graphics higher than you can get on the box natively, and they start throwing games on the cloud, you know? But then all of the xCloud profiles are Series S profiles, so they'd have to make a logistical and infrastructural change there to give you Series X profiles. And even then, you know, capacity's been a struggle. So I just don't know. I don't know what you do with all the Series S owners if in three years you launch some you know, next-gen Xbox that's stronger than the PS5 Pro, you're trying to kind of leapfrog, you know, the order. They'd have two years where they could say they have the most powerful console. That would be a decent marketing advantage, and they have a ton of property 
to leverage. You've got games like State of Decay 3, A New Gears. You've got big pieces of property that you could say, look at what these games can do on the Xbox Next. But I, I just every time I think about that, I think, well, good golly, what are you going to do with all the people who bought a Series S? If you throw them all in the cloud, you don't seem to have the infrastructure for it right now. What do you name a next-gen Xbox? Right now, we've been referring to it as the Xbox Next. What's the merch link again? There's no link in the description. Uh, we have a merch command. Melrose Mike with 35 months and a VIP. Good morning, y'all. One month closer. Been heck of a ride. Keep up the great work. Thank you, dude. Almost three years. Yeah, there you go. ReforgeGaming.net is where the merch is. Xbox Series X is already the more powerful console, and PS5 is crushing them and putting out better games. Xbox never learns. Power does not mean anything. I actually think things... I feel like things would have gone a lot differently if it was just the Series X. Yeah. If it was just the Series X going up against the PS5, I actually think things would have gone differently. I do. Yep. I think you would have seen... I think Forza Motorsport would have landed differently. I think Starfield would have landed differently. Now, I still think Starfield would have had endemic problems with the creation engine, with loading screens, and some of those things. But I think a true head-to-head, Titan head-to-head of the Series X and the PS5, oh, I think it would have gone very, very differently. I would even, I'll even go farther than that. I, I would, I would think we'd have more games. I think you'd have more first-party games on Xbox right now because they would have been able to streamline their pipelines and their development. They would have made their games faster. You certainly wouldn't have waited for Baldur's Gate 3. So how many other games have gone through the same thing? Like, if you had to wait for Baldur's Gate 3, how many games are you waiting on right now for similar reasons? Like, I actually think it would have been a very, very different outcome. I, I, I think the Series X is an amazing piece of machinery. I do. I think it's great. It's a great console. It runs really well. The form factor is awesome. It's got to be one of the best looking Xboxes out there. It's just a nice. It's just nice. Like it's, you set it out and you just like it. It's like it just looks good. There's something about that. There's something about having a piece of hardware that looks nice. Like you look at what people do to their computers with RGB and their desks and you know wire uh, wire control and maintenance on their you know behind their TV. I, I think the Series X was just oh golly, it just, it feels like the All Star. It feels like the All Star athlete on the team with the guy that just can't get his shoes on. It's like that's what it feels like. You know, and every time we talk about this, it gets turned into console tribalism because people take it very personal because they either couldn't afford the Series X because times were tough or they couldn't get a Series X. So they settled for a Series S. So they feel like it's personal affront or an attack and they feel like they're like their choice is being questioned or attacked. And it's like, that is absolutely not what I'm doing. I'm literally looking at the market. I'm looking at games. I'm looking at what's transpired. I'm looking at what developers have said. And I'm telling you a series X PS five head to head matchup would have gone much differently. If, if, if developers would have been able to just build for the series X, it would have, this would have been a very, very different outcome. That, I, that that's my belief. Uh, you don't have to believe what I believe, but 
when I go back and watch that 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 project Scarlet Marketing, dude, I'm telling you, there's a there's like another there's another future there that just that just didn't get a chance to be realized. Do we have a release date yet for replaced? This game might come out in 2024. This says coming in 2023. Here's another Xbox title. Here's another one that that promised that it would be here in 2023 and it didn't make it. So I this this is probably another one that maybe they surprise drop in 2024 or something. I think this game looks amazing. Introducing wolves to Yellowstone caused the paths of the river to move. It's hard to predict all the results of the world without a Series S. Oh, for sure. For sure. Replace looks so sick. Yeah, this this just looks uh, just fantastic, dude. This was supposed to come out this year. This is another one. There's so many games. That's probably an entire video, right? All the Xbox games that didn't land in 2023. Because they could all land next year as shadow drops, surprise drops. Hey, it's coming out next week. Like, they could really go, they could kind of go buck wild next year. They really could. They got a lot of stuff that that didn't that didn't make it this year. God, the use of lighting in this, I love it. I love the the synthesis of old with the new, the pixel with the three with, with with in a 3D space with lighting and water and stuff. It's just it's just awesome. This game, I think this game's going to be going to be a real I hope it's a real treat. It just looks so cool. They're going to have a heck of a 2024. I mean, they certainly have a lot of things they could pull out of the hat and nobody would be expecting it. You'd be like, I forgot about that game. Like, I think that's in their corner. Like, I forgot about Replaced. Flintlock's dropping in 2024. Isn't Flintlock multi... uh, Flintlock's multi-platform, though. Yeah, Flintlock, according to this, is set to release on old gen and next gen, and it's it's landing on PlayStation and uh, and Xbox, unless Google is wrong. No, their own website has. Oh, did they drop old gen? I think they dropped old gen. It's not listed on their website anymore. Google has old gen listed. Um. Yeah, but Flintlock is a is a multiplat. Who, and, and who's publishing it? The publisher is Kepler Interactive. So is it landing on Game Pass? Xbox has a gameplay trailer in September. Oh, is it landing on Game Pass? Yep, play it day one with Game Pass. Here, right here on the trailer. Okay, that's that's a nice win for Game Pass. I mean, that 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 title looks, this title looks sick. This title looks really, really fun. And I know people are going to be like, looks like God of War. As a ch- I don't think so. I think there's certainly similarities, but she just pulled out a freaking gun, bro. And she's got some dude, some being like grabbing and smacking and levitating. It looks really fun. It looks really, really interesting. It looks a lot more syncopated and planned out 
uh, than God of War. God of War is a little bit faster and a little bit like more moment to moment. This looks way more like almost tactical. Yeah, this this game looks like it's going to be pretty good. This game looks like a like a surprise hit. It looks like there's some really cool mechanics too with like windups and stuns and stagger. Oh, it's a fox that's do Oh, it is. Yeah, it's a little fox guy doing all that stuff. Ooh, ooh. Looks like the combat could turn on you pretty quickly too. I I like the cinematic effect too. Like when she lands a big when she lands a big parry. Ouch, I just hit my funny bone. When she lands like a big parry or a big block, I like the cinematic like zoom out. Yeah, that that game looks I actually forgot about that game too, man. I'm telling you, bro. Looks mid. I think it looks sick. I'm telling you, bro. A lot of games kind of fell out of the radar this year because it was such a big year. Dude, next year... Eh, next year, Xbox can be... Xbox can kind of... They can kind of do it, you, you know? <laughs> they can kind of do it, bro. I don't know. We'll see. We tried something new on Twitter today. We uh, We pushed out a tweet. That was uh, basically like a short form video. And uh, it's been up for a couple hours. Appreciate you guys if you interacted with that or replied to that. Thank you for that. We're going to have to look at the formatting. Yeah, we'll have to, we might have to look at the formatting. It's got black bars on the side. We'll have to figure out what the best um, resolution output is for, uh, for, for Twitter. Eugene puts wait until... Yeah, Nightingale next year. PC right now, but I think they're doing console later. Lona might dust off the Series X. Dude, my Series X got a ton of playtime over Thanksgiving because I was playing RoboQuest. RoboQuest is so is so fun. Have you guys not... Let me show you this game. Listen, it's on Game Pass right now. I believe it's coming to PlayStation uh, later. Okay? And you can play it co-op with another person. Alright, here's the official gameplay trailer uh, from from Xbox. Alright. This game's sick. He's got a dump truck. Alright, hopefully they actually show gameplay. I've not watched this trailer. Yeah, here we go, here we go. You can slide, you can double jump, there's melee. And because it's a rogue, you get really cool weapons, really cool abilities fast FPS roguelite. Now, I don't use the jumping the way they're using the jumping. Like, he's jumping on people. I usually just rely on my guns and my abilities. Loot and shoot, solo or two-player co-op. This game is on Game Pass right now, and again, you can play with another person, dudes. It's so fun. Now, there's a bit of a cliff. There's a bit of a difficulty cliff when you first get to the fields, but grinding is really satisfying. Leveling up is really satisfying. You get new characters with new abilities. The boss fights have really fun mechanics. Some of the mechanics in the boss fights are reminiscent of Returnal. You've absolutely got to check this game out, dude. You've got to. You have to check out RoboQuest. I really hope it comes to PlayStation so that more people can play it. Um, Xbox has obviously got it right now, and it is also on Steam. I love games like that, dude. Little, 
just little awesome hits like that. I hope it's doing really, really well. Yeah, let's look at it. Let's look at the consumer reception on Steam. Let's look. How, let's see how it's doing on Steam. Steam currently has a ninety-five percent, dude. Come on, look. Get this game. Support these devs. This game's freaking awesome. All right, Rise Up Studios. Great work on this game. Just such great work. Ninety-five percent. You know, eight thousand reviews. Come on, let's get that thing up there. You can download the demo, if and try it out before buying it. It's on sale right now. You know, and the soundtrack's the DLC. Okay, yeah. You don't. I was gonna say, is there any DLC? Come on, man. Come on. Steam Steam doesn't give out scores like that haphazardly. That's a good game. That's a good game. That's a big win for Game Pass to have a game that that uh, that polished and, and, and that well-reviewed. I love RoboQuest. It's so good. It's just so fun, man. Nothing like a good... Like, rogues have really kind of won me over. They really have. They've won me over. Uh, Sven Stradamus. Lono, there was a game I suggested in Game Suggest. Probably a great Friday night game for you and Hilly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sven suggested it. Uh, last year, a two-spot from Larry Ortega. What would be your dream Star Wars game? Um... Golly, I don't know. My dream Star Wars game. That's such a hard question to answer. Like Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor are so good, and Star Wars Outlaws really looks like it's going to be... It just looks like it's going to be so special and so fun. Um, I My mind immediately goes to, like, an RPG MMO with... I don't want any PvP unless it's completely opt-in. Uh, you know, let me be, and I know people are going to be like, KOTOR, I mean like a modern day action style, like good, you know, good graphics, like I want it to look like a game from now, um, so Star Wars KOTOR, I I know everybody's going to say KOTOR, I don't want KOTOR, I want, I want KOTOR with more than a paint job. You know, I want KOTOR as if it was designed right now for modern expectations with respect to, you know, graphics, gameplay, uh, you know, moment to moment fluidity, things like that. I I know Star Wars has had MMOs. I I played, I played one of them. I, I forget which one I played. I played one back when Gears came to gaming for Windows. I had the game for Windows gel case for Gears. And I had Modern Warfare Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. I played whatever Star Wars MMO was out back then. I forget what it was called. It's it's either KOTOR or the other one. Um, Jedi Outcast. Did you ever play Star Wars Jedi Night Jedi Outcast? Yeah, yeah, I played that one. No, it wasn't Star Wars Galaxies. Maybe it was KOTOR. I can't remember. It had like the orangish red cover. Uh, there was an audio glitch at the time that nobody on the forums could figure out. This is back when I first got married. So this is 2013. No, this is 20. This is 2007. 
2007 is whatever one came out in 2007 it might have just been the old republic yeah i think it was the old republic whatever is that did that one come out in 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 uh the old uh let's see how do they abbreviate it star sw tour release date was that 2007 no that's 2011 what would I have played in 2007? I think it might have been Knights of the Old Republic. Maybe. Yep, that's the one. Like I said, the orange and red. Um, that was a role-playing game. That wasn't an, Was that an MMO? This is saying it was a role-playing game. I have such a hard time remembering. It was such a long time ago. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. KOTOR is a single player game okay so that one wasn't an MMO that was just an RPG yeah I played that one I believe in 2007 and I had all kind of problems with it my computer needed to be updated at the time that was at the time when new games were coming out and you needed a quad core processor and I got so tired of upgrading my hardware that was around the time I switched to the Xbox 360 with Call of Duty World at War Okay, so KOTOR was just single player. It was a CRPG. Okay. I didn't play it for long because there was an audio glitch. I had no sound when I played the game. And I remember going to the forums. This is way, way back before what we have today with Twitter and people on YouTube solving all of our problems. So in 2007, I had to go to the the KOTOR forums and that there were people having the same problem I had and they couldn't figure out how to fix it, like audio drivers or something. And I remember that just being kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I was like, I'm so tired of this. I couldn't play the new Gears of War. It didn't run very well. I couldn't play the Call of Duty 4 that I really wanted to play. I needed a quad-core processor, which meant I would need to upgrade my motherboard and everything else. And at the time, I didn't have disposable income to do that because I was a college student. So I remember being like, I could spend a fraction of what it would cost me to upgrade my rig and just buy a 360 with one game, World at War, and then I also got a Gears game. And that was how I got back into console gaming out of PC gaming. And I remember Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic was kind of the end for me. I was like, I'm so freaking tired of this. Like, PC gaming was just not... There wasn't this sense of... The way it is now, right, where there's this sense of the platform tribalism and PC Master Race, I had always just enjoyed PC gaming because that's where my friends were. My friends played Quake. My friends played Unreal Tournament. My friends played Call of Duty. So I built a PC with them, and that's why I was a PC gamer. That was the only reason. I wasn't a PC gamer because I had this sense of like, yeah, dude, you gotta build your own rig, and it's gotta be the strongest, and it's gotta be awesome. PC Master Race. Like, that was never my mentality, which is exactly why I got the 360, because my friends that I worked with were like, hey, that Call of Duty World at War looks really dope. I was playing it on the Nintendo Wii. If you remember that, I was playing Call of Duty World at War on the Nintendo Wii. And I was like, this game's kind of fun, but controls are kind of janky. And so a bunch of us bought 360s, and we all played World at War together. And then... That's where I met Fawn's Got a Gun. Actually, I met him in Modern Warfare 2. 
and he was the one that turned me on to streaming because I was like creating YouTube videos and he was the one that turned me on to streaming and that was in 2015 that was when I started creating content question I have is will Xbox have another big shadow drop in 2024 and what game would it be I actually think they won't do a big shadow drop like like a stalker hellblade I think towerborn is is or or 33 immortals or replaced because we forgot about replaced I think those are are good candidates for a shadow drop now, it's not really a shadow drop because we know about those games and we had no idea what Hi-Fi Rush... We didn't even know Hi-Fi Rush existed. So, that's a different kind of shadow drop. That's like an instant drop. That's like, a, hey, it's, you can play it right now. I think uh, Towerborn and 33 Immortals are good candidates for that or replaced or any of the games that we were supposed to get this year that we didn't. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're cooking up something with Silk Song. Holy crap, that'd break the internet. Play Silk Song today on Game Pass. People lose their freaking minds. Larry Ortega, I want a modern Mass Effect style Star Wars game. Yeah, I'm not really a Mass Effect guy, and I know that upsets people, but Mass Effect's just not my jam. I prefer a game to be a little bit more action focused. I was a PC gamer for 20 years. I got tired after building over four rounds of 3,000 plus machines. Yeah. Uh, that's the same with me. I'm only on PlayStation because that's what my friends have. Yeah, the only reason I'm in PlayStation now is because I started, I needed, I need, uh, I had people that wanted to play Destiny with me, so they bought me a PlayStation so that I could play with them, and the stream did, this is, this is an age ago, and then I, uh, I got a PS4 Pro because I wanted Spider-Man and, uh, uh, God of War. So I really didn't get into the PlayStation ecosystem until I bought the PS4 Pro. You guys bought me a PlayStation 4, and the only game I played on it was Destiny. So I wasn't really, like, in the PlayStation ecosystem yet. Like, I had an account, and all I did was play Destiny. And so then I was like, oh, no, I, I, I want to get a Pro. I want to play some of these games. And that's that's what it was. That's what kind of tipped me over. It was, uh, it was God of War 2018 and Spider-Man. Yeah. And I still primarily played on the Xbox, even then. Even then, I, I primarily played on the Xbox because that's where my longest standing Destiny characters were. Um, you know, it was uh, it was just kind of where my home base was. It's where all the games I owned were. Um, I started branching out and playing on PC with like Fortnite. I played Hel- I played Hellblade on PC. I didn't play it on Xbox. Uh, I, pl- I put thirty seven hours into Hellblade One um, on Steam. I'm still missing one achievement. Every time I play through it, I miss the one rune in the where you're down and it's dark and you have to stay in the light. I always miss it. I don't know where it is. And I never wanted to use a guide to find it. So. Alright, guys, in 10 minutes, I have a video about why I actually think that the Justice League, Kill the Justice League game will be good. I know a lot of people do not agree with me about this, and that's totally fine. I'm interested in your thoughts. So we're going to go to this premiere in about 10 minutes, okay? Um, And then we'll debrief with members. So you have a little bit of time to try to hit 50. If you guys hit 100 members today, I think we'll hit three grand. Um, Star Wars Outlaws members only. No, that should have been debrief. I didn't name that properly. Uh, So today we'll be... uh, uh, Squad... 
Uh, let's see here. Yeah, and if we hit that three grand before the end of the year, we will do a big celebration for the new year with you guys. Uh, we did the we did the Christmas thing already because you guys went crazy on that Friday, and you made Hilly uninstall Halo Infinite. It was amazing. He, uh, if you missed that, that was in the member stream. He sent a video of him uninstalling Halo Infinite, and then he actually managed to rickroll me. There we go. Oh, that was one thing I was going to do. I'm going to change the schedule. We want the tweet for the video to go out, I think, on the hour. Edit this one. It says it's still uploading. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. We want that to go out on the hour. There we go. Five minutes after, I mean, the premiere's already going. <laughs> Try to get him in right when it goes up with that countdown that we do. Okay. Close out of that. Suicide Squad again. I heard got updated gameplay since the trailer, so I don't think it'll be all that terrible. You, you guys, I, I'm interested in what you guys think of my video. I'm just, I'm, I'm interested in what you think of my video because I, I actually think the game is, is being, ju- it's just being written off like right away. It's just like, nope, it's gonna be bad. And it's like, okay, um, I get people being, uh, you know, upset about what they hoped it would be, but all right, schedule that for tomorrow at noon, and we back it up. I was just buying you an extra five minutes. Oh, I've been really good about going to the premiere at noon, and we can't go to a premiere at at twelve oh five. It's either twelve or twelve fifteen. Um, hang on. So today, there we go. Okay, I thought today's discussion was good, though. I I actually think that that Xbox could could because again, in my estimation, I actually think next year looks like it's going to be stronger. Um, <clears throat> I think that next year has the chance to be stronger than this year. I I just I don't think this year was that good. I think the quality was extremely inconsistent. Um, so, and I not everybody has to agree with me. Not everybody has to agree with me. That's fine. That's just my belief. You know, I thought three out of the four titles this year did not land uh, at quality. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, yeah. Hang on, close out of that. All right, we'll set up redirect. And now is a great time to scramble and get seven gifteds because every time I announce that we're getting ready to end and go to another video, a lot of the people that sort of watch and we don't want them to get memberships, they kind of leave. So now is a great time for a final scramble if you guys want to do it. We just need seven singles, and then I will owe you ten members i love that we just slowly keep growing that membership pool getting new folks in so little wink wink word to the wise uh whenever i start announcing that we're going to the premiere uh there are people that leave and uh that's why it's always a good time to be like hey let's do a last minute dash and grab some folks and that's why i like to gift members in the premiere um just to kind of say Hey, you guys had the maximum amount of time to gift members and the folks that stuck around. 
that just continues to increase the likelihood of you getting one you know the more you interact with the ch- the, 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 the the channel and the content you think it's gonna be another Marvel Avengers but worse I don't get that impression like at all yo mash going so big today that's like 36 gifted members just from mash and he takes us to 48 right on the doorstep what a guy what a guy dude thank you so much man and then comes sorcerer with another five and pushes us past an accidental agent of chaos my favorite kind 53 out of 75 pushing it forward thank you so much sorcerer you're the best did mash go nuts last week too uh, I don't think last week was MASH. Uh, somebody else. Somebody else went crazy last week. We had some 50 bombs from, um, shoot. Was it, it was, uh, uh Rigen and somebody else? Who was it that, that went crazy? I can't remember. I think MASH was here and helping, but I don't know if he was the one that went bonkers. Somebody went bonkers last week. I can't remember who it was. Christmas kind of blurred my uh, blurred my mind. Matched a couple of tens. Oh, for the hilly stream only. That's right. That's right. I remember Mash doing the tens to help for the hilly thing. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, we hit fifty. We're gonna go to this video in five minutes. I will give you guys a link. I'll give you guys a link in the description. I'm sorry, not in the description. In the chat. A renewed sub from El Nini, member for four months. Thank you. I hope Xbox has a fantastic 2024. Please, Mr. Phil Spencer, bring us some W's and no more L's. I, I said this in the show open. You know, we, we can kind of end on a positive note. I could see 2023 being sort of the last reverberation of 2020 to 2022, right? I could see 2023 still being more of a reaction, still being more about, no, we got to get the games out. We've got to have these games land. So you end up with, you know, one game out of the bunch really getting high review scores from the users. I could see this being the last time this happens because it's like you've got so much property now. You can space it out. You can take your time and you can deliver really, really good content. I mean, think about how many games they sandbagged from this year. Uh, Xbox Showcase 2022. Think about how many games they can sandbag and pull out of the hat in the new year, in, in 2023, right? Think about it. Especially if you're just thinking in the realm of Game Pass. Flintlock got kicked out of 2023 into 2024. That's good for Game Pass. Stalker 2 got kicked in to 2024 we just looked at replaced that got kicked in to the next year right uh arc 2 yeah we don't really know what the status of arc 2 is i'm pretty sure arc 2 said 2025 so that 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 one's not possible they could do things with diablo now that they own it did ravenlock actually come out i can't remember an araban shadow legacy did either of those come out i can't remember I thought those were other ones that just kind of disappeared. It's been such a big year. Yeah, Ravenlock came out in May. I think that one didn't do so hot, if I remember right. 
Uh, Era Band Shadow Legacy. Did that one come? No, Era Band Shadow Legacy has not come out. That's from that's from Raw Fury. Uh, fast-paced stealth platformer game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I remember this one. It reminds me of Aragami. It reminds me of Aragami, where you're like fighting these robots from the shadows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Airband Shadow Legacy could come out. Stalker got kicked. Flintlock get kicked. They they've got a lot they can sandbag and really, really pad the year out, dude. Buy yourself some time, Xbox. Use the titles that didn't land in 2023 to fill up 2024. And anything you had scoped out for 2024, if it's not ready, no problem. Kick it to 2025. Like, they're in a good position to not have any more launches like that. They really are. So, all right, I'm going to put a link in chat. I argue in this video that I believe Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League will be a good game. Do me a favor, smash the like button on the way out. We only need 30 more likes on this video, so make sure your thumbs up saved. And when you get over to the new video, smash the like button over there, and I'm going to give some members when we get over there as a way to pay it forward for all the gifted members in this stream. Let's go see why I think that Suicide, Qu- Kill- Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League will be a good game.